Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 318. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And this week's show is amazing to me for a number of reasons. One is that sometimes I will get in a rut and I will get stuck and go, I don't know where to go. Who should I reach out to? What should I do? And then something just blindingly obvious passes in front of my field of vision. And I go, oh my God, why haven't I done this show yet? And that's what this week's show is. I've got a good buddy of more than 20 years here, finally coming on the show to talk about life, talk about his music, talk about our friendship, and talk about some of the health challenges he's experienced. His name is Matt Whitesides, and he is the lead singer and guitar player for No Bueno, an awesome band here in Denver who most recently I saw open for Face to Face, The Bouncing Souls, and The Suicide Machines at The Summit. It was an incredible show. No Bueno absolutely crushed, and it was great to reconnect with him. So I'm like, man, Matt hasn't ever been on the show. Why hasn't that happened yet? Well, you know what? It has, and it's right now. Matt and I go back to his previous band. He, he fronted a band called Step Short, which was one of my favorite local bands, and we hung out, like, all the time. It was great. Like, literally, we started talking, and I go, man, we used to hang out, like, a lot. And I think I underestimated how much... We were actually together and like going to shows and I'd watch them play and we'd go to bars and I'd listen to Matt do karaoke. A bunch of that is in here. And it's so great to see him still kicking it with No Bueno, which is a band that, man, like if you haven't seen them, they'll go and melt your face. It's terrific. So we spent some time talking about music, what it was like when he was starting out. He was in this band, Petrol Apathy, that had incredible momentum and was poised to take off. And that fell apart for a couple of reasons. He goes into it. We talked through the evolution through Step Short and finally at No Bueno. Now, one of the other things we talk about in this episode is about a year and a half ago, Matt experienced some health issues. And we talk about some of his history of alcohol and drug use, how that led to what happened and how he ended up in the hospital and then how he's been doing since. It's all fascinating. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, are you good talking about this? He goes, yeah, man, I'm an open book. Let's talk about it. And I said, that's good because I think when people are willing to share personal and challenging things about themselves, someone out there is going to get something from that. Maybe it gives someone strength to get help or deal with something that has been kind of simmering underneath the surface. He does that. It's incredibly insightful. And I'm glad he's doing well now. So just a couple of quick plugs, no matter what podcatcher you're listening on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, whatever. If there's an opportunity to rate the show, please do so. It's a click of a button, takes a second, really helps the show gain exposure. If you're taking a few more seconds, write us a review. If you found something on this show you liked or found something that you thought was interesting, write us a quick review. That would mean the world to me. Additionally, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you. You don't even have to do anything. And finally, if you like the show, help spread the word. That means a ton. If you're on a social platform, organic clicks and organic shares, likes, comments, all that stuff helps. So whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, or Instagram, just a few kind words, a share, a click, a like, whatever it is, that helps amazingly. J-O-A-T-Pod is the handle on all those platforms. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. Thank you for doing what you do. I'm proud to bring this show to you. Now then, episode 318 features my friend Matt Whitesides. He is the lead singer of No Bueno. He's the former lead singer of Step Short. We have 20 plus years to catch up on, and we're going to do so right now. So really, literally within five minutes. It's a, it's quite amazing. So I saw he was coming uh, just on a Facebook. One of my buddies slash No Bueno fans, uh, Rob, posted on Facebook or tagged me in it. And then I saw that it was uh, at the HQ. And Peter Orr and me have been, uh, who's who uh, runs the HQ, took it over after Three Kings stopped being Three Kings. He kind of took that over. And me and Peter have been long-standing slash friends, but, you know, business associates since that short days. Wow. Um, yeah. 
So he used to book the Bluebird. So that how far we go back. And I just emailed him and asked him, hey, does Joey have any local openers or local support? And would No Bueno be, <laughs> is there like an open, you know. Yeah, would there be a fit? Yeah. And literally not even five minutes, he emailed me back. He was like, would you guys be willing to do an acoustic duo? And of course, I about <laughs> went into tears because, you know, how long, you know, I've been wanting to play with either Lagwagon or, you know, Joey Kidd. No, so for sure, of course, I was like, yes. So it was as easy as that. Peter made it that easy. God damn, man. That's so great. Um, all the luck of the draw or the timing of my email, you know, but <laughs> um, so that was it. And I was pretty blown away of how easy that was like the easiest booking I think I've ever done in my life. <laughs> well, dude, and it's like it's one of those bookings that you that you're like hungry for and then it just comes yeah. like that. You go, "What? How is it like what <laughs> It's always amazing like, when things work out like care? that." Yeah, it was just shocking cuz I was literally at work like kind of doing work and emailing Peter back and yeah, it was amazing how easy he made that and it was he was like, "Okay, let me uh, you know, get you guys approved and He's put us on the on the bill, so it, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, when I reached out to Vinny Fiorello from Less Than Jake, or just Less Than Jake yeah. in general. And Vinny wrote back when he was still in the band within like 15 minutes, and he goes, "Yeah, man, let's do it." Uh, email me or call or text me as we get closer, and he just gives me a cell phone number. Um, That's amazing. And he's like, "We'll we'll set it up when we get there." And I go, "Are you kidding? Like, wh- mm-hmm. why why am I not doing this more?" Like. Yeah, you, you got to give people the opportunity to say yes, and you never know what's going to come of that. And so, I mean, like those two yeah. examples are perfect illustrations of that. It's crazy. I mean, it is always nice. That's why you know when you're when you've been in a band for as long as I have to keep those relationships with people like Peter, like with um, with whomever, like with the clubs, with the promoters. Don't be a dick. <laughs> always. <laughs> And always keep their emails, always keep, you know, their phone numbers, you know, no matter if you switch bands, just always keep a good relationship, you know, say thank you, say, you know, show up on time. Yeah, show up on time, always make it easy for those promoters, you know, if they ask you to do something, always do it, you know, always try to help them make their jobs easier. Yeah, 100%. always, Always done that with Peter, like, you know, going back to the step short days, like, um, what can I do, you know? to make the show easier, to bring more people always, you know, always be grateful for that, you know, <laughs> for, for them booking those shows for you, you know? Well, dude, it's amazing hearing you say that because it's the same as, you know, I do public relations in my day job and then I have this show yeah. and I book other shows and I always tell people like, I don't technically own anything. All I have is my yeah. brain, my talent and most, uh, my work ethic and most importantly, my reputation. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, I found you can do a lot if people go, yeah, that guy's good to work with. Like, kind of no right. matter what you're doing. Like, if you enjoy the people you work with, it's 100%. it's huge. And so this is Matt Whitesides, the lead singer and guitarist for No Bueno. And you and I go back uh, mm-hmm. almost 20 years now, maybe even 20 years, because I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back for you. When you were in yeah. Step Short, the very first time I ever saw you guys, it was the Bluebird. Okay. It was the middle of the afternoon, and oh. he, you guys were opening for Yellow Card. I remember that show because so I'm good. I'm, yep, I'm gonna say I do remember that show because it was middle of the day and I was not hammered yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I remember like you know when you go see a band because we were all hot for Yellow Card. We'd seen them just mm-hmm. um they, like they were early early on at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw them, and this is crazy. They opened for Rise Against and the Mad Caddies, also at the Bluebird. And think about what that show would cost now, or you know, like even just a few oh, years like, later. What ten bucks, maybe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but back then, <laughs> back in those days, yeah. I mean, we it was it was cheap. It was great, but uh, we saw Yellow Card open, and you kind of never know what you're going to get opening band wise, because yeah. sometimes it's great, sometimes it kind of misses for you. But we go, okay, yellow card, we got to catch them again. And they were doing this weird afternoon show because there was like yeah. a show coming in later. And I go, I don't remember the Bluebird doing like two two shots in a day. Right. The show started at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So it was over by mm-hmm. like four and the sun was still out. And it's like, yep. uh, okay. 
but you guys came on stage and I'm like, all right, well, you know, let's give these guys a shot. And I'm like, oh man, I'm in like, I, I dig this sound. And I remember you were drinking water just straight out of a pitcher that, that show. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know why I remember that, but, uh, but you guys crushed it. It was a killer show. And I go, okay, I gotta, I gotta get on with these guys. And then my colleague at KCSU was booking this like all day punk rock festival at the starlight. And so as part of the promotional blitz on the Friday night, like punk block, she had you guys come up and you were guests on my show. And then we went out and partied and like we hit it off ever since. Is that, mm-hmm. does that ring a bell for you? It does. Oh, vaguely. I, I do. Well, the yellow card show, I remember pretty, pretty well. Cause I remember, if I remember correctly, wasn't dashboard confessional supposed to play that show? I remember. And I think they canceled. I think it was homegrown actually that was played. It homegrown because I remember some. I remember a girl was crying in the lobby of the Bluebird because <laughs> one of the bands didn't show up, and I swear it was Dashboard Confessional. I could be wrong, okay. <laughs> but I think they were supposed to play that show. Some bigger band like that was supposed to show up, and I remember like reading a review of that show that someone did, and they're like the Step Short band. They were good, but they just didn't fit because we weren't like too like Step Short wasn't too punky. Mm, no, like, not no. Were, Earlier we were, but then we kind of, yeah, I just remember reading. I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But people still dug us. But I do remember going up to Fort Collins and doing the radio show. And You guys, uh, Step Short was kind of like punk rock meets Deftones almost. Almost like that. Kind of almost like, and then like Chevelle-ish. In, yeah. In some sort of way. And then we kind of like, because our drummer Jeff was like a huge CKY fan. <laughs> so he really wanted to be like CKY too. So we had kind of those riffs mixed in. Like, yeah, it was kind of all over the place, but it, I, whatever it was, man, I dug your sound immediately. It was, it was so much fun. And so much uh, fun to be I, I was actually there the night that, uh, you guys separated from Joel too. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> the bluebird. Yeah. The, uh, I thought, I thought that one was the Gothic. I remember it was, yeah, it could have been the Gothic. It could have been the Ogden or Bluebirds one. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was a blur because I remember Joel was pretty pissed at me. Yeah, he. I, I saw Joel that night and he was like really wrapped around the axle. Um, yeah. About something he was like, he, and he wasn't just mad at you. He was mad at Jeff and Ryan too. He was mad at the whole. Yeah, he was mad at the whole thing, and he was. Yeah, he called it quits that that night. Yeah. It's funny because I just talked to him last night, and he's actually going to uh, play a couple songs with us at the Joey Cave show. Oh wow, cool! Huh? So it's funny how <laughs> everything just. Um, so we're still like really good friends with Joel. Like, it's just funny how we all still remain friends after. <laughs> well, I mean, time time heals all wounds, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. Step Short wasn't the first. The first was Petrol Apathy, wasn't it? Yeah. So Petrol Apathy. If I can talk quickly about that, please. So Petrol Apathy started um, some friends because uh, we all went to Bear Creek. And okay, I was right down the road at Golden. So, so you were probably friends with like Justin and everybody from Quam and or knew who Quam was because I oh Pinhead Circus. There you go. So you know, yep. you know the story. So yeah, Petrol Abbey was us at Bear Creek, and then we blew up like really. Yeah. Because um, we had a, a management deal with a promoter who pretty much brought all the big punk bands to Denver at the Aslan Theater. Oh so we man, signed Aslan. Yeah, the Aslan Theater. That was like, the Aslan Theater is equivalent to like, uh, that was where every like big punk band came to. Yeah, yeah. I rem- it, that was played there before. Yeah. It, it was slightly before my time, but I remember it well. Like, my, yeah. my very first show in Denver was, I mean, we keep talking about the Bluebird, but it was the Bluebird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, keep going. But yeah, so the Aslan, so he booked all like, I mean, I, countless bands, Blink 182. Face to face, I mean, the list goes on. And so we signed a management deal with him, and he pretty much made us open for all those bands. So a lot of the local bands around Denver at the time did not like us because he would have always put us on those shows. But <laughs> what it did for us is made us like the bigger, like the biggest, like local punk band. So what it did, like we went on tour and we played with Blink, like out of state, and you know started really getting notarized and then um all of a sudden that train just came to an absolute halt our guitarist left and you know the time when we when you think about it 
we're like, oh man, we can't go on because we just lost this guitarist. His name was Joel. But we lost this guitarist and we can't go on. Like the band's over. Yeah. But in hindsight, we should have just been like, well, let's just find another guitarist and continue Petrolapathy. Yeah, just audition a new guitarist, right? Right. I don't know why we just like, <laughs> oh, the band's done. Like, band's fucking over with, you know? <laughs> it's an odd choice in retrospect. It's, it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's like, oh, so that's how Step Short started. We're like, okay, so we're just going to. So me and Jeff were like, well, we're just. You know, gonna start. And our bassist at the time, Ryan McCutcheon, I think he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go. And he he went to school, and he's really successful now with what he does. But I mean, this was years ago, so I hope he's successful now. But no, he is uh, really successful what he does. But yeah, at the time, when you think about it, like you dumbasses, why didn't you just find another <laughs> guitarist? And just like continue on his petrol apathy, keep doing what you do. Yeah, we had a falling out with like Dan and we owed him money and it was just like a shitty contract that we signed. And, but then again, he did a really a lot for us. Like he got us like played with these big bands and like, but in the end, like, that was just a crazy time because we were young, you know, we would sign oh, yeah. anything, play with all these big bands, like shit. But yeah, we ended up like on a money and then. Oh, Jesus. Well, you guys were yeah. like teenagers at that point, right? Yeah, we were like 18, like Joel, our Joel, our guitarist at the time he was a year younger so he's like 17 God. and and we were trying to sign this record deal i remember we were signing a record deal with a friend mark had a investor who like wanted to fly us and uh, audition for like all these other record labels i can't remember like the whole detail of it because it's so long ago but that like fell through like all this crazy stuff was happening like within like months yeah and then everything just kind of fell apart wow i think by that time we we're just like, all burnt out of it or like Jeez, like, let's just kind of get away from everything. And then I remember, you know, my daughter Kaylee was being born around that time, too. She was born in 2001. Yeah. All, like, kind of, like, all around that time. I remember, like, right around Petrolatity Step Short beginning. So You know, I remember that, too, because, uh, like, we were... You guys would come up to Fort Collins quite a bit, and, like... Us at the radio, so KCSU is one of the top college radio stations in the entire yeah. country. Yeah. And we had like a great punk scene up there. And so, yep. like, we would do what we could to promote local bands. So, like, I was tight with you guys. I was tight with the guys in uh, Disarranged, who Justin is now in the mm -hmm. Frickashinas. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then Knee Jerk was. Oh, like, my God. Loved Knee Jerk. I remember you did. And, like, because. Great Steve, guys. Like Steve, like Steve Garcia was lead singer there, and yeah. he's like, dude, like when we hang out with Step Short, those guys are so into our music. Like Jeff and Matt will corner me and be like, you guys only played eight songs, and <laughs> Steve's like, yeah. no, we played ten. It's like, no, you played eight, and they would name the the track titles to me. <laughs> we, like seriously, I knew, like I still like if you. Like any of their CDs, still you need to forward them like to me somehow. Okay. I lost them, but like I knew like every every word, every song. Like I, yeah, I fucking love those guys. Well, dude, like we'd be like, hanging out yeah. one night, and we tried to find like I'm trying to. Yeah. We'd we'd be hanging out one night, and you'd like, like we'd be walking from the bar to the car or something, and you and I would just both break into like local heroes. <laughs> yeah, I still know that song too. That's amazing. I love that song, dude. That that's I like love that song. <laughs> like yeah. those guys were killer and so oh. like when when you guys would play together i like that was like the ultimate kind of show for me because it's like oh shit okay so it's step short and knee jerk for me yeah. that was like two headlining sets but like right. when you work in radio when you meet good guys too because i had some local bands on there who were like total dicks and were like just obnoxious to me on the air and i'm like dude don't be that way and but like you guys came right. on and then I'm like, okay, no, we should hang out. And it was it was one of those things. I didn't play any instruments, but like I loved music and I loved being around music. And you and I were driving to a party one time and you were flipping through my CDs and you're like, wow, you have really great taste in music. And I go, holy shit, coming from you, that is a huge compliment. And it put me on my ass. I, I rode high on that compliment for like two months after that, I think. All right. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's not hard coming from me because it's like... Um you know, as long as you have like lag wagon, I guess, and like some, some tool mixed in there and <laughs> you know, then you're okay with <laughs> like, mixed in some other stuff, but you know, well, dude, we were at a karaoke night one time and, uh, 
I heard you sing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton yeah. John. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, you got up a little later and sang a Tool song. And I'm like, dude, yeah. Homeboy has range. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to, you know, variety's the spice of life. You got to, you know, especially if you're doing karaoke, you got to come with it a little bit. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> but, uh, so, dude, we had we had a lot of times together. And I remember, like, short, like right around the time college or grad school was ending for me, it seemed to be when Step Short was like winding down a little bit. What what was like the end of that? And like, take me through kind of because Step Short would like I saw you guys open for Zebrahead one time. Um, yeah. I saw you get on some like bigger shows, but it it just seemed to yeah. lose momentum. What happened? You know, I it was just man. We there was times like where we hit that plateau. I think that. I thought that with those shows, like you mentioned, like Zebrahead, and then we played that one with like Static X. Oh yeah, um, at, the, at the Pepsi Center, or well, not ballroom, but in the parking lot. Yeah, it was that like outdoor show. We played that one, and we were really like there was a time where we just hit that uh, that highest like plateau, and it was like, man, we're almost there. Like, what else? Like, what do we need to do? And then like we just never got like over that. Like it just seemed like we weren't we couldn't do anything else. It was just kind of that time to, I guess, just call it. Jeff want, Jeff seemed to wanted to branch out. He was getting really more into his own songwriting and wanted to kind of get behind, away from behind the drums. Yeah. And kind of be more, get in front and do more his own singing, his own more, you know, guitar playing. So I think he was more itching that way. And it was just kind of, we were kind of at a, a stalemate, you know, with the band. Yeah, It well, I mean, the way you're describing it, it's like, okay, we either got to end this because this is as high as we're going to go, or we yeah. got to level up and really dedicate some resources and, like, take our fucking shot here. Is that kind of what yeah. you're describing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Ran, I ran into Jeff not long after that. Uh, it was probably a few years after that, but he was doing, like, Torch the Wagon at that point. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't exactly my sound. Like, I liked it, but it's not what I tend to gravitate towards. And, you know, he told yeah. me he wasn't really into punk that much anymore. And I go, all right, well, fair enough. Like, you know, people change. People are allowed to change. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but it was it was you guys. It was your sound that I really gravitated toward. And so, like, how long between Step Short and No Bueno for you? Ooh. I would say, man, maybe a year two i would say it's kind of hard to say because that was a lot of a lot of parting between there so <laughs> <laughs> there yeah so the timeline's uh, a little jumbled a little uh, a little yeah, hazy yeah. yeah it's hard to put the gaps in between there I, I didn't think it was too long actually i think maybe i would say maybe a year maybe two at the most okay because that's when me and scott started um just meeting at his house or meeting in his apartment and like kind of thinking around, you know, just with the acoustics. Because I know in between there, I think I was, like, trying out for, like, other bands, like, as just a vocalist to not par. I think that that thought kind of crossed my mind, like, oh, I just want to sing, not play guitar. But <laughs> kind of trying that route, but, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, Matt, because I saw you guys, I mean, most recently when we reconnected, uh, yeah. like in earnest, like we, you know, we've exchanged some messages online and stuff yeah. and like, yeah. it, you know, I, I like sent you that photo, which I'll put in the companion blog piece of us from the step short days <laughs> looking like babies. Great, great photo. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. For and some it, reason we all look like really sweaty too in that photo. <laughs> well, dude, it was Herman's. I'll bet it was sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> no AC in that place. <laughs> no, dude, that, that place smelled like a foot. Um, <laughs> exactly. but, uh, like we we saw each other in person for the first time in forever uh, when you guys played that face to face bouncing souls yeah. suicide machine show which yeah is one of my favorite shows I think I've ever seen in my life that that night was un that was pretty yeah pretty amazing um, and and you guys came out and absolutely crushed and I I remember I I'm interested in your reaction to this because there's sort of like a western edge to what you guys do in a lot of like what you write. And I likened it to my friend. I said, it's like if the movie Unforgiven decided uh -huh. to become a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and he goes, that is such a great description because like yeah. there's, there's really like cool kind of tension in your music. And there's like, there's, there's like a melancholy undercurrent to, uh, to a lot of the songs. What's your reaction to sort of my view of that? That's pretty interesting. Cause yeah, I'm not, I think uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Because that one song, we have the song Outlaw. It's yeah. It's like really kind of westerly. Yeah. That's that the one I'm thinking of mostly, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like a... a <laughs> Because uh, I was like thinking, because me and Scott, I remember when me and Scotty came up with that song, and we're talking about the Mumford Sons, and like we we're like for some reason making fun of them. But I was like, well, why are you making fun of them? that's kind of they're kind of like a cool like they're they're a good band, you know, they're yeah. good musicians. I was like, and I was just kind of strumming, you know, and I came up with those chords, and then Young Guns was on oh, on the TV. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna write a song about Billy the fucking kid. How about that, Scotty? Hell yeah. I was like. So that's kind of how that song kind of generated. Like, it's kind of like about, you know, Billy the Kid and the Western and, you know, fucking running around and, you know, having six shooters and fucking, like, when no care in the world, you well, just get to ride around and, you know, look for look for treasures in the hills and... Well, dude, I like you know that that song but, la- that song lands hard when you're when you're listening to it live. It's awesome, like it it's fucking great because it's such like yeah. it's not what you're expecting. And I know the Darlings have a song like that too, yeah, which is called Untitled, which just annoys me to my core. Um, <laughs> when bands call songs Untitled, it's like please don't do that. I can't. <laughs> uh, What's great about that song is that so the perfect example is we played it in a. Greeley with the Bastard Sons. Oh, cool, yeah. And so we're playing that song, and we're playing to literally like a new crowd, like a Four Collins kind of Greeley crowd that hasn't really heard No Bueno or seen us live. And so by the end of that song, where that breakdown comes in, where I pretty much let the crowd sing the hi I yay you know, yeah, stop the song, and the whole crowd sings it right back. So that song is so great because by the end, Know the then you know the words yeah like you know that part where I can stop and everybody just sings it back so that's what's so fun about that song is like you know you can sing along by the end of that song yeah so it's it's great it's like it, yeah just always it's so we're gonna play that song till till we're sixty <laughs> well dude yeah it's uh as I was watching you guys uh, my friend and I had smoked a little weed. Mm-hmm. And you have a line in one of your songs, and I, forgive me if I get it wrong, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll correct me, but it's um, it's something like, we're halfway home and all hope mm-hmm. is lost. Yeah. Is that the line? I think you're thinking a soundtrack. We're halfway home. Oh, now I can't even think it's, uh, I know which song, it's soundtrack, and of course I can't think of it now that I But it, know, it's, it's, my... it's something like that. And yeah. When, like, the, the thing that killed me about that was... Mm-hmm. I go, normally when you say we're halfway home, there's like a moment of inspiration and it's like, it's very hopeful. But then yeah. you say we're halfway home and all hope is lost. And I go, oh my God, punk rock is the saddest music on earth. <laughs> and because like that line was so affecting and it was so poignant. And I go, oh man, that, that line is so evocative just immediately. Like you, you sort of like, it's. It's like building up and then a right cross to the face, and I fucking right. love that about punk rock because like no, I got it. It's it's we're halfway home. We're never gonna make it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So a lot of no buenos. I mean, it goes back like a lot of no buenos songs. We just call it like heartbreak music. We we don't intend it to be, but a lot of people can relate to it. So it's a lot of it is about relationships. It's about you know it's it's what people can really relate to. It's about our our own. It's about my, you know, heartbreak about past relationships that, you know, being fucked over or it's about, it's a lot of people wonder why Lagwagon is such an inspiration to me, why Joey Cape is such an inspiration to me, because you can listen to all of Double Platinum. And I'm pretty sure that whole album is about his breakup about one single girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I get a lot of inspiration from that because I literally listened to that whole CD of, of one relationship that affected me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he ex- went through the exact same thing I did. You know, you listen to a lot of bands or a lot, you know, a lot of lyrics or a lot of songs, and you're like, what the hell does that song even mean? Like, <laughs> and I <laughs> so, I don't know, I just write, write lyrics or write music that people, you know, can relate to as well. You know, well, dude, like, maybe help them through a tough time. 100%. And, like, so... Punk rock is so weird because when you play it at the speed and volume that it's intended to be played at, it's mm-hmm. it's emotional catharsis. When you slow it down and play it acoustically, like uh, I think it was during quarantine, 
on Lag Wagon Day. Joey Cape did an acoustic set, and we got that stream yeah. and listened to it. Yeah. Um, the music is so unbelievably sad. Oh, it's brutal. Like, yeah, because I, I, I listened, I, I watched it, too. I was like, good God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we were thinking the same thing. We're like, oh, this is going to yeah. be fun. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you sit there crying in a cup. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting on our back deck. We're oh. in the middle of this pandemic. And I go, oh, shit, this is kind of not what I needed. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, I'm just going to turn this off right now. Like, no, it's it's super sad. But I mean, it's I mean, it's it's life. I mean, it, I mean, not all of our songs are we're trying to write happy music. But in the end, you're like, uh, well, I guess that's kind of what. We're known for just kind of heartbreak music, but then maybe we'll write some happy music one day. Well, dude, I, I mean, do do what you do. Um, yeah. But but I have two thoughts about that. One, when you play it at the speed and volume that it's intended, it's so cathartic because everyone's working yeah. through pain at all times. And if you can sort of just shout it to the fucking sky, right? Then you get through it a little bit easier and a little bit better, and with with some hope because you're you're yeah. dealing with this in in a really sort of just anthemic way and and that's meaningful that's why i can't get away from this music ever right the the second thing i'll say is it's like that movie inside out where you realize that sadness is actually the most important emotion Mm -hmm. um because that that's the emotion that draws people to you that that it's a call for help where where you go okay i don't have to suffer this alone and if i'm sad it's okay to be sad that's when people come and help. That's when you realize you have a community. That's like that's where the hope ultimately springs from because people see you sad and they want to help. So, right, exactly. No, that's that's absolutely true. And my buddy Kood uh, said one of the the best things. Like, you know what I love about your songs, and it's one of the like the biggest compliments. Like, you wrote this song. I, th- I can't remember what song. I mean, he may have been speaking about all the songs. Like your songs, you wrote what ten plus years ago. They are still relevant today. Oh yeah. He was talking about the we, when we played at Moe's, and he's like, you know what I love about your songs? He's like, your songs are still relevant to you know today. They're not old. They like, you know, I was like, wow, thanks. And he's you know one of my good friends. I've known for twenty plus years. Like, it just meant a lot that you know he can still. So I got to those songs and still it means a lot to him because they're they're just, you know, not old songs that haven't faded away. Right. I mean, that, I think I think that's why you guys are still vital and, yeah. and, and why your stuff still resonates. I mean, dude, I could still sing probably every line of Mediocre 21 from the Step Short days. <laughs> uh, does, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that song still would mean just as much, you know, today that it, it did back then. Yeah, you, you could call it Mediocre 41. And, <laughs> yes. mediocre, uh, mediocre 40 and mediocre 42 no, you know. <laughs> there you go um yeah. or like i could uh i have on some of my old mixes like uh even older than that most likely to fail oh uh, right um i actually listened to that all my buddy uh dan burned uh on a flash drive for me all those old albums like holy yeah it was so that's good awesome. to listen to it. yeah um, so good to reminisce on those old ones dude i i mean I've loved your guys' stuff for that long. And, I mean, you and I, we, we had some wild times, too. Yeah. I remember one time we were just at a bar in Fort Collins. You just you come up to me, and you just start quoting Seinfeld. And I, I still think of it, because we were at Tony's, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, Hunky t- <laughs> <"Hunky> Tony. Hunky <laughs> Tony. <laughs> but you come, you, just, <laughs> you come up to me and you go, you know about these cup sizes? And you just start quoting Frank Costanza. Yeah, sir. And uh, you're like, you got the A. You get the A. The B. B. The C and the D. Yeah. No, that's the biggest. That's the biggest. <laughs> and so I will still I will still come up to people and do that because you did that to me once upon a time like 20 years ago. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'll still do that today. <laughs> I'll still quote that shit all day long. Uh, oh, dude, so Seinfeld's the Seinfeld's the best show ever. It's so, God, yeah. it's so funny. I was re yeah. I was rewatching it on uh, Netflix mm. and going through it, and I'm like, man, uh. so like even on the episodes I don't really like, there's something yeah. in that episode that I love. Like, right? It's crazy that way. You always find one one line. You're like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Like even on yeah, 
Because there's some episodes I'm like, oh, I'm not a big fan of that episode, but. <laughs> and it'll even be like minor stuff. It'll just go through my head. I'll just like randomly. I'll just think to myself, yeah. like, Todd Gack. Todd Gack. What is yeah. that Dutch? What is that Dutch? <laughs> this one. <laughs> I smoke the cigars like Gack. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's too much. Yeah. But um, I, I, I remember, um, so, I mean, speaking of sadness, I, I remember it was, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, you kind of went through, uh, like, a pretty severe, like, health issue that really, yeah. like, upended your life. And I, when I saw the Facebook post, I'm like, holy shit, like, what can I do? Yeah. And so, yeah. like, all I could do from here, because, I mean, we hadn't talked in a long time, I'm like... Dude, like, all I can do is send you some well wishes, and, like, here's a picture of us together. Like, you still hold a meaningful place in my life. Like, when I think back on our time together, it's, like, one of the happiest places in my fucking memory. Yeah. And so when you were having a hard time, I'm like, oh, God. Like, I, I, you feel so helpless, but, like, you want to, at least from afar, do anything that you can. Can you talk us through, like, kind of what you went through, like, how you arrived at that point and what's been going on since? Yeah, so I was, um, I mean, everybody that knows me knows I'd, I'd love to party. So, you know, just being in that, that rock and roll, you know, lifestyle or playing shows, you know, being in, in bands, you know, you, you drink and I did, you know, cocaine and all that. And then, um, you know, I was in a really, really bad relationship that really for four years really did a number on me that the drinking became really heavy after that. Um, before how, I met my fiance, of course, but how heavy are we talking, um, Matt? Like how, how heavy? Oh, I mean, it got to probably 12 pack a night. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. That's plenty. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I mean, not this started probably, I would say. Uh, so in my 20s, of course, you drink, you know, this didn't start like 20 years ago, but, you know, in my 20s, we all drank, we went out to the bars, you know, on the weekends. So, you know, I did that, you yeah. know, in my 30s, that's when I, you know, started really like doing the, the cocaine and the drinking still on the weekends. And then I really got bad at cocaine where um, I did, you know, rehab for a couple of times and just didn't work. And then I eventually stopped cocaine um, on my own. Oh. Um, so, yeah, kind of kicked that. Um, but then the drinking, I would say, probably for two years, up until the point where I went to the hospital, was bad. Like, I was drinking every night, um, whether it be a 12-pack or at least a six-pack a night. Mm -hmm. um, and then when quarantine hit, you know, oh, the God, COVID, yeah. you know. Yeah, so that's when, you know, my body just, the drink had just caught up with me. I would leave work. I would grab some shooters. I would drink a couple of shooters before I got home. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Like I wasn't like drinking. in secret? Like, were you kind of, was it yeah. one of those things you were yeah. kind of hiding? Yeah. Yeah. So my fiance was like, she knew something was up because I would come home a little, you know. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, a little not quite right. Um, like a little bit of googly eyes. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So, and I would just, I just didn't know, I didn't know where this was coming from. It was just bad. Um, and I would just fall in dark places. I don't know where those dark places, it would just bring up bad memories. You know, it was just, a, it was just weird because I was always, you know, when you hung out with me, I was always a happy partier, you know? Well, dude, um, and like, there was one night we were at Crocs. Like, remember Crocs downtown? It was a trash well, can, yeah, but. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah. like, we were there and it was you and me and I want to say Scott. And like probably Connor Coughlin was there, and uh, I mean oh, our old our old pal Connor, yeah. Um, who, by the way, I I told him I think I told him I was interviewing you. He was all stoked about it. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we were there, and like I had just gotten accepted to grad school, and I was kind of like hemming and hawing about it because I was I was worried about it. I don't remember why, but and I don't remember exactly what you said, but you were like such an inspiration to me that night. Where you go, oh, you're like, man, you like, you're one of the smartest guys I know, and you're gonna figure this out, and you're gonna crack it, and it's like, you're worried that this is gonna take your life in a direction that you don't want it to, but if it does, man, yeah. just change direction. He's like, I know if I don't make it with a band, I got other shit I love that I, I'm gonna pursue, and I'm gonna have a fulfilled life. And I go, whoa, dude, like, and you're only a couple years older than me, but you you were so encouraging and so thoughtful in the way and, and like we're sitting there drinking in the noisiest 
fucking place like in Denver because Crocs was always so loud. Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily quiet there. No. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I suppose it's a it's an object lesson in the fact that we all have darkness yeah. and we can't always pinpoint it. Like, we all have yeah. trauma that we're working through. So when I hear you saying that, I go, yeah, I mean, like, I've always known you to be happy and, like, just really, like, yeah. lifting people up. Yeah. But everyone's was, fighting a battle you know nothing about. Right. And it was just Seattle. And for some reason, when I was towards the end, when I was drinking, it was just those bad thoughts, those bad, like, the, that relationship I was in when she was calling me a fucking loser. And those would just come out. And I don't know where, why, because I was an amazing woman right now. And just, I don't know, it was just weird. So to get back, I was just drinking and I, I didn't know when to stop. I would just drink till I was blacked out calling her names, just being a real piece of shit. So eventually my body just started rejecting it. So every time I drank, I would just eventually throw up. And then one day, um, it was a weekend, we were out and about, and I just started throwing up, like not bile or anything. It was just like water. And I was like, oh, just thought I maybe ate something bad. And uh, that didn't stop for 24 hours. And it got to the point, like, I just threw up, threw up next morning. It felt like I, my ribs broke. Oh, like, yeah. So I was like, I need to go. Like I couldn't like bend over, uh, Brooke, my fiance, she's like, just thought it was, you know, just a stomach bug. And this was when COVID was started. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, we're just going to get down there. Then, you know, not going to let us in. And I was like, no, I got to go. So her story was, and this, I kind of like, sort of blacked out because I was in so much pain and she said uh, my <laughs> like my body was like gray like yeah. my cheeks were like sunk in like I was like I, she said I looked like a corpse like I was dying yeah so we get to the ER at St. Uh, Anthony's and they rushed me back and my triglycerides were 10,000 or something like that like which is pretty much unheard of like I didn't know what triglyceride was, but you're not supposed to be that high. Like only one other person in the world, they said, had triglycerides that high. Uh, the doctors so, are like, so like, what's the normal level of triglycerides? Like, what are you supposed to be at? Triglyceride levels between 200 and 499 are considered high. And mine were like 10,000. Holy shit, man! Yeah, so that's not good. So the doctors rushed me back, and that's the last thing I really remember until the, like the next day. Um, doctors didn't think I was going to make it. Um, so I, turns out I just had, I had pancreatitis and I got diagnosed with type one diabetes. Okay. Um, so I was in ICU for a week and doctors pretty much just said, Hey, you got two choices, pal. You keep drinking. What's going to happen is you're going to end up back here and you're going to end up with pancreas. I mean, you can't drink the way your life, the way you drink, the way, you know, I quit drinking. Um, and I'm almost two years, two years sober in uh, June. And I quit smoking cigarettes as well. Nice. Which was kind of, I mean, that was, that's not the hard part. Brooke actually quit drinking with me. So that's made it a lot easier because if you're with someone and they still drink and you're trying to quit drinking, yeah, that would have made it tough. So yeah, man, it's, it's tough because man, I love that lifestyle. I love, you know, I would love to go out and just have a couple beers, but I know my, my brain is not wired that way. I'd be like, Oh, you know, I could go have one, a couple more yeah. here, you know, and then it ends up nine more or 10 more. And then, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a day by day basis, you know, to, sure. to stay away and stuff, but it's, it's worth it, man. Cause good things are happening, you know, with no boy. Um, I didn't think, you know, I got into healthcare, um, patient care and I'm got a, job at UC Health that I landed just recently um, from another job I landed from, you know, my mind's clear. So, yeah, everything's good. Fantastic, man. I, well, yeah. hear, hearing you describe that, it reminds me, I listened to John Goodman get interviewed by Mark Marin one time, uh -huh. and he's like, I, I don't understand people who can just go have, like, one beer or even, like, three beers. Right. He's like, for right. me, it's like one beer turns into, all right, let's do some Jack Daniels to, okay, let's go find it's blow. 100%. Yeah. Um, but that's the way yeah. his his biochemistry kind of works. Yeah. That that's just what he's predisposed for. I realized I am that way with cigarettes. Um, mm -hmm. I cannot be a casual smoker. Where right. like I and I thought I could be for a little while, but 
it'll be like, oh no, I'll just I'll be drinking one night and I'll have one, and then within probably a week I'm buying packs, and I go, ah, oh, damn right. it, like I'm here again, you know, and, and yeah. thankfully like booze isn't that big a deal to me, like I you know I like drinking and stuff, but it's yeah. it, it's never sort of overtaken my life in that way, right. Um, and it was, it was, it was affecting, uh, my relationship with uh, my daughter. Um, cause she just hated who I was uh, on it. And, um, and you know, it was, it was bad. Like even on the weekends I would drink, you know, let's say Friday night, come home, drink, and then I'd wake up still kind of drunk and then I'd start drinking again. Sure. And I'm, yeah, my body's not, my brain's not uh, wired to stop at one or two. It's like, Hey, Ooh, I feel good. Let's keep this party going. <laughs> keep going. Right. Party. No, I love, yeah, I love the social interaction with everybody. I love to party. I like to have a good time. But, you know, I still like to have a good time. It's, it, you know, nothing's changed that way. I, you know, like, you know, you saw we put on a great show at Face to Face. Unreal. So it's changed that way. So everything's good, you know? Yeah. Is, I mean, how is it going out for you now? How, how do you feel when you're out? Like, are, are you able to be around it? Like, because obviously you're playing shows. Yeah. You know, people are drinking and smoking pot and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, sometimes, like, if I'm, like, just at a bar, like, I could probably do, like, one or two hours. I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. Um, It shows. It's like, okay, yeah, kind of getting that itch. I know my limits. I know my time to, when it's time to go. Okay. So, so like, you, you know when you're starting to, like, get triggered, so to speak. Yeah, triggered or annoyed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, Jesus, like, yeah, you know, like. People will start coming up and start repeating themselves over and over. You're like, yep, I told them, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure I fucking used to do that way, way too much. Yeah. You know, when I, when I got boozed up and was probably just just as obnoxious. And so I get it. I, you know, but I, I know, like, um, it's tempting, but, you know, the temptation's there, but it's just staying strong. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, if I know anything about you, I know... Like you, you got a high degree of strength, man. Because I appreciate that. When we were first like hanging out, you would talk about your daughter, and I'm like, "Holy shit, he has a daughter!" And like even back then, you seemed like super dedicated to her. Like she would come up, even like when we didn't ask, you know. And so like she weighed heavily uh, on your mind. And so like I love if you go on your Facebook page, there's one of you with like really super early 2000s hair. Where uh-huh. it's like the frosted tips and it's all spiked up, <laughs> and Justin Timberlake style, like totally. style, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, and you're wearing like an avalanche jersey, and you have this yeah. tiny little adorable girl um, on your lap, and it was so cool to meet her because I'm like, dude, I've heard about you for like 20 Sid, years now, yeah. And so, yeah. she's oh, the best. Uh, yeah, dude, she seemed cool. She was like running your merch table uh, <laughs> yeah. at that show. So I'm like, dude, okay, so. Like that's awesome. All these years later, like you, you all yeah. are still tight like that. I mean that. Oh yeah. That shows you what what you need to see. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was every time I see you play a show, you're wearing a shirt that says "Love lasts longer than life." Can you tell me about yep. that? Yep, absolutely. So it's my buddy Ryan's uh, clothing company made it um, after his grandfather passed away. Um, so it's a dedication and honor to him that he started that clothing line. So he sells them on his website and, um, he's been a really good friend of mine for, I don't know how many years, just a long, long time. And he's just in our, our, our group of friends that, um, that we love to death. And he always just, uh, just, just, you know, promoting his clothing line. And I, you know, love what it stands for. love what it means. Um, I mean, just the, the love lasts longer than life. It's just a, just the best saying, I think, you know. And they're just red shirts. They, <laughs> they look they cool. Fit so well. Yeah. And um, he just always, you know, gives me some to wear and I always, you know, love promoting, you know, his shirts. So, and it's just a dedication to him and, you know, how much his friendship means to me. So That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. When I saw you guys play that face-to-face Bouncing Souls show, I was reminded of why I love you so much as a front man, because you got great front man energy. Like, it's one thing to get up there and sing, and it's one thing to play, yeah. but it's another to actually, like, be a front man. And I'm like, you got the theatricality. Like, in some ways, it reminds me of uh, the guy from Unwritten Law, where yeah. you're, you're captivated, and I can't remember his name. I think it's Scott. Scott, yeah. Um, yeah. 
where your eye is drawn on stage, right? Like they're de- depending on the band. Like, I mean, Steven Tyler is obviously the front man of Aerosmith, but your eye kind of goes to Joe Perry. You know, a little bit, yeah, yeah. In your case, like my eye always goes to you because you're always doing something interesting on stage, and <laughs> and so like I I love that I I love what you guys do, and I can't wait to see you guys again. I appreciate that, man. Uh, this is the time of the show when we do plugs. So where can people find you? Where can they find No Bueno? Anything you want to plug, do it now. So we, you can find us um, on Spotify. That's one way you can hear our music for free, of course. Um, we are also on Facebook, um, No Bueno Band. Um, you can also go to YouTube. There are some videos on there. Uh, make sure you type in No Bueno Band, though. <laughs> I know there's like uh, some No Bueno stuff that pops up like some yeah some other like no bueno bands but but there's also some music you find on uh youtube as well um also i'll, I'll plug ryan's uh love lasts longer than life um dot com i believe it is and yeah that's where you can find us facebook spotify fantastic man what i'll do is i'll put a link to all of that in the companion blog piece that'll be on john of all trades dot us also in the show notes, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Spotify, Audible, I'm on pretty much all of them. If you are listening on another pod catcher, what are you doing? Because that would be super obscure. <laughs> but whatever you're on, I'm sure my show is there. Matt Whitesides, man, this was a pleasure. We need to not let so much time go by the next time we do uh-huh. this. And uh, I, no, can't, absolutely. I cannot wait to see what you guys do next. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Bro, thank you so much for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Always good talking to you. And we'll, we'll hang soon. And that'll do it for episode 318 of the John of All Trades podcast with Matt Whitesides. Man, what a guy. What a band. What a cool show. And I'm so happy we got to reconnect here in this format. Cannot wait to see what they do next. Be sure to stay up with them. You mentioned Facebook. You mentioned YouTube. You mentioned Spotify. They got great music there. Keep your eye out for their next show. You do not want to miss it. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. I do all manner of communications activities. That includes traditional PR, but I'm also a podcast producer. In addition to this show, I produce five others. I would love to talk to you about your idea. Just hit me up. John, J-O-N, at deftcom.us, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Whether you're doing an email marketing campaign, reaching people on social media, doing online advertising, 4Degrees can design the campaign, get the message right, and then get it in front of the people who need to hear it most. So good at what they do, I'm proud to feature them here. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm out of here for this week. I've got a brand new show coming next week. Look for that. I'm also guesting on a couple of pods, so keep your eye on the social channels for that. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. We're kicking off 2022 in a great way. If you have any ideas, you have guests, send them to me, john at defcom.us. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.